Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer for Ayrton Lighting. I am also a columnist at LD at Large, the back page for PLSN. I am at home right now, and I'm sitting in my pajamas because I haven't had any reason whatsoever to put on uh, a, a suit and tie or even blue jeans because I'm hanging out. I can't fly anywhere. I can't cross a bridge. So I thought it's a, it's a very good time to reach out to all my good friends in the industry, see what everybody's up to and how everybody's holding tight. Today was a perfect day to reach out to Chris Reed, the lighting designer at Kaiva Design LLC. Uh, How's it going today, Chris? Hey, man. How are you? Trying to keep it together over here, man. (laughs) Chris is joining us from Las Vegas right now. He is also in social isolation yeah, haven't left the house for well over a week, I guess it is, which I'm yeah. sure people can uh, feel that pain. Everybody's kind of going through the same thing. The entire industry and most of the world is just sitting on our couches. Hopefully, we're all twiddling our thumbs, but uh, who knows what everybody's hanging out, trying to pass the time as constructively as possible. You know, it's crazy because probably most of us clamor for time at home, right? (laughs) Like you want to have time at home to actually decompress, relax a little bit. Now that we have it, it's kind of the opposite. Like, oh my God, I just want to leave the house. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty crazy, man. If I asked for a glass of water and I got a, a, a swimming pool dumped on my head, I... I would say that's not exactly what I asked for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a glass of water, you motherfucker. Right, right. <laughs> so what, do you, what have you been doing? I am looking for the silver lining here. I am enjoying my new gig with Ayrton Lighting. I am uh, the, the designer relations developer. It's my job just to make sure that Everybody out there knows that Ayrton has the coolest new gear. We have LED replacements for everything. And I just get to reach out to all my friends and uh, make sure that Ayrton stays relevant in their minds when they're doing their plots. And I'm really enjoying it. Excellent. Yeah, it was great to great to see you a couple months ago there, at LDI, and talk a little bit about what's happening over there at Ayrton. It's always hard to catch up with you. You are You're bouncing around like a... <laughs> like a bumblebee man. And uh, now I guess this is what it took for me to actually nail you down and have a conversation. I know. Right. Not too long ago, we were talking about your trip coming out to, out to Vegas and trying to get together. And then, uh, yeah, that fell. Yeah. This is (laughs) that went went away. We would have been hanging out today in Vegas. I would have been, uh, I think I would have been flying home today, but, uh, yeah, I, My brother was going to fly up here for a few days and, uh, and he thought about canceling at first. I'm like, ah, you're being silly. I'm going to be in Vegas in just a few days. So, you know, you should totally come visit me. And then the day before his flight was when the days when we all kind of realized, whoa, this is really, really serious. We should not be so cavalier about this anymore. Right. Which I believe it just just what hit Las Vegas. I would imagine Vegas, all of Vegas has decided to not be so cocky and cavalier anymore. 
Yeah, you know, there's still some holdouts, uh, even though the governor pretty much uh, dropped a hammer saying every non-essential business needs to close. Um, so all the casinos are shut down. The strip is dead. You know, pr- pretty much everything is dead. I mean, you, you, I see all these pictures on Twitter, you know, people having videos filming the strip and it's, there's nobody out there, you know, in I mean, there's full, no, no, there's nowhere to go. Right. I mean, you can't go in. In full Vegas fashion, the strip clubs are the ones they are like, yeah, you said non-essential. We're essential. I, uh, I saw that little darlings is still open. That's crazy, right? So I don't know if you saw that, but they're offering drive-through strip shows. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say that. First, they they tried the tongue-in-cheek thing of coronavirus-free lap dances, which is you know oh. whatever bad humor. But <laughs> and now they're doing drive-through, and then there's another thing that popped up of food delivery by a stripper. So it's like they deliver you food. And then you get your, you know, your dance. I don't know if it's six feet or, or whatever, oh but I'm just shaking my head going, oh my God, what is uh, happening? <laughs> that is capitalism at its best right there, man. Nobody, right. there's always a lining there. They're, they're going to find one way, one, something one way or another. There's, like, there's, there's a buck to be made somewhere. Right. But mostly it's just grocery stores, you know, uh, medical places obviously are open but uh grocery stores gas stations that's the majority of it my uh, my favorite you know. comment that i read was that uh, the governor had said all non-essential and little darlings i think it was little darlings owner said well we are part of the fabric of america we are essential so right we're, right we're not closing down yeah and you know there's some other places that have been you know kind of not listening uh, or not heeding the uh, request. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's almost encouraging people to, to go keep spreading this, you know, this disease. Hey, that, if you want to live scary, by, man. if you want to live by live free or die, that is the epitome of live free or die right there. You right. Live free or, or spread <sighs> death. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I will, I'll, uh, I'll try not to promote that in any way. If anybody's listening, please don't. Please don't go. Uh, yeah. Feel free to order your, your food service. And if your food service happens to come from a beautiful woman, then tip her well. But please don't go spreading this anywhere. Right. You can clap, give a thumbs up, something like that. But that's, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> keep, keep your thumbs up from six feet away, please. Right. So I've found during this, this time I'm reading an awful lot, man, <laughs> which is pretty good. Cause it keeps me, keeps me calm, keeps my mind off of, you know, what's happening on the news, Twitter, you know, Twitter has become my news source because yeah. the information just flows so much faster. Yeah. Um, but, uh, reading a lot, which is pretty great. And then, uh, you know, kind of, in my nerd way, kind of been screwing around with console, you know, programming tricks, you know, learning, kind of figuring out more, more things in the MA world, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. But what are, uh, what are you reading these days? Well, you know, I just, I like Hunter S. Thompson. I read the biography on him and, uh, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, that, that's an awesome book. So I've been here and there. I'll read a, a book that he's written and I'm reading hell's angels right now. And it's all right. Mm. You know, I'm kind of slugging that out, but, uh, was that inspired no. by your move to Vegas? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, uh, you know, that there's a writer, Robert Dugoni. I've been reading him. And then, I have a friend in uh, LA that's really into stoic philosophy. So I kind of have started digging into that rabbit hole, which has been kind of interesting, kind of changing outlook, I guess, or changing perspective. So that's been pretty cool. That sounds like a whole other podcast. If we, if we ever start a (laughs) pseudo philosopher podcast, I would love to hear your take on stoicism. 
Yeah, you know what? My my head goes all over the place, man. I, I I'm into philosophy. I like hearing what other people have to say, and then that kind of. I wouldn't say I'm one of any of them. I just kind of pick pieces of, of different things that I learn, and that kind of becomes, maybe it shapes a little bit of my thought, right? But I think that's the most, I think that's the best way to be a well-rounded human being is to take a little bit from everybody and find what works and what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that, and uh, Aaron Luke posted this thing from Vectorworks the other day on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. I reposted it as well. I did. But it's, uh, it's basically Vectorworks, right? They're, I don't know if it's intro or beginner to Spotlight, you know, for our industry. That's, uh, you know, a workhorse. So I signed up for one of those. So I'm probably going to go in there and hopefully you know, learn some stuff and be able to apply that whenever this, uh, whenever this passes, but, uh, great idea. That's a great way to pass the time. Yeah. You know, hopefully I'm in a good mood that day. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I seem, dude, I seem like I go back and forth from like wanting to be productive and like reading and like really encouraging myself. And then other times I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of overwhelmed. I'm just going to lay here, (laughs) you know, just like, I don't know what each day is going to be. So I'm just trying to get through it. Right. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Guys, I guess we have to, we still have to keep learning as to avoid becoming the the dinosaur. We got to avoid dinosaur syndrome where, no, and for you sure. And I, we finally become masters at MA2 or Vectorworks or something, and then MA3 comes out or the new release comes out, and all of a sudden we're right back to square one. We got to learn everything all over again. And we're always crying. Yeah. We don't have enough time for that. And now here we are. You know, I think that used to freak me out a lot more than it does now. Um, yeah, I'm older. I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm comfortable in my my skill set, you know, like I know what I need to be able to accomplish and learning that is fun. I think, you know, when there's new technology that comes out, you expand, you you of course start with what you need to be able to do. I need to be able to accomplish this. You learn that. And then from there you find these rabbit holes you can go down. You know, that, that's what I was talking about before. I'm doing that on MAT. You know, yeah, oh, wow. I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> there are still rabbit holes to fall down on MAT. Every day I'm learning something new still. Oh, of course. And it, you know what? It's super fun. And I think that that's something that's changed for the better over the years is so many people are using it. And you can learn something from anybody that uses the desk, whether they're new at it or they're like considered the guy or the late, the girl, right? Yeah. Um, whoever you can always pick something up. And that, that to me is stimulating. You know, I like that. Yeah. I love going to a festival and doing like those, one of those little macro share circle. Oh Yeah. <laughs> where everybody just kind of chops in and they're like, well, look at my cool new macro. Look what I can do. Look what, look what, uh, how I can alter your macro to work with my macro. You're like, oh, that's for sure. And, and, you know, along with that as well, I've had, you know, other, other designers or programmers that, that are, have become friends over time that, uh, you know, if I'm kind of beating my head up against the wall, very willing to help and, you know, show me how they would handle a situation. And that uh, is awesome, I think. So then by that, then I can help somebody, right? Um, We're such an open source community now that we really have to, we do it digitally and we might as well do it uh, physically because we're just, we're just sharing with each other. For sure. And it it wasn't always like that, right? I mean, I remember when I was coming up, dude, it was like, you're picking sides. (laughs) It's almost like a, don't want to share information because fear of losing a job. It was a different mentality 20, 25 years ago. It was for sure. You know, and uh, 
you know, slugging that out. I'm definitely more of a fan of this. It's a lot calmer, a lot kinder. And, uh, you know, every helping everybody learn whether you're the student or the teacher is, is pretty rad. I think. Yeah. You used to have to, there used to be gatekeepers that would control the information and who got the information, but now it's so open source. You can't control where no, the information sure. goes. They're going yeah. to find it one way or another. So you might as well get some accolades while you're sharing it as opposed to just have it get stolen from you anyway. For sure. And you know, another cool thing is, is sometimes if I see something in programming of someone's show, I'll ask them if I can save their show file because I want to dig through it and see how they were doing some of the things that I thought were cool. And that is super cool as well. If somebody is willing to do that, you know what I mean? I I think it's the right thing to do is to ask, obviously, but then, uh, you know, then you have something to have a discussion about, right? Dude, I'm going to tear this file apart and look at these things, and I'm probably going to call you and ask you a bunch of stupid questions. <laughs> yeah. But and uh, next time I'm doing a show that requires that, I'm going to remember that you're you're really good at uh, comprehending that, and I might give you a call, and uh, there might be a paycheck attached to that phone call. Yeah, for sure. You never know. And uh, another the thing with macros, what you were saying. So if somebody shows me something in a macro that I think is really cool and it's clearly they came up with it, I leave it named with their name. Like I'll put the person's name and then what the macro is. So on my show files, you'll see a bunch of macros that have different people's names on there <laughs> because they came up with it. And then maybe if I'm having a discussion, oh, yeah, you want this one. This is from so-and-so. You know, just to just to kind of give an attaboy without them actually being there, you know. Here's my Matt Shimamoto. Uh, here's my Bobby Gray macro. Here's my right. Marchwinski macro. Yep, for here's sure. Matt, Matt Giese macro. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, are you uh, are you taking time to spend with the kids while you're at home? Is that even a, an option for you? You know, I would love to. So my kids live in the Bay Area. So older is in uh, San Jose, working, graduated college last summer. Congratulations. Um, yeah, what a cool day, man. The first gig I ever missed was the day of the graduation. So that that was pretty cool. I had a I had a friend out on the tour with us that covered uh, covered that one show that I was gone, and it went great. So uh, being able to be there as a parent, obviously, very important. That's some good parenting. <sighs> yeah, and you know, it was a really proud day, and you know, just to see. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's proud or you know, just as I was proud, of course. But just to see the accomplishment, like, yes, I did this, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so did that. Uh, my younger is in San Francisco. Well, not anymore. So they shut her school, went to online only. And uh, she just flew home to mom's house, which is in Long Beach, uh, which is where I'm from. Uh, so she is there. We've talked about getting together. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is all so new. I, I mean, even last night they shut down the airport here for, uh, I don't know how long it was, but I guess they had a case in the tower in the, the, so they had to shut it down and then a federal, uh, oversight or whatever came in and they took over. Um, but I don't know if that tower is going to be up and working again. I, I don't really know what's happening, but you know, driving to Long Beach is, you know, like four hours or something like that. So realistically, I could do that. Uh, but we'll kind of see how this goes. I'm sure she's still trying to get her feet underneath her and figure out what her new reality is, right? That's a great way to It is a new reality these days. We're We're just now adapting to this whole new way of life. For sure. And you know what? A lot of times when things happen, we, we're only thinking about us right or then the immediate thing we think about is maybe the medical field or the people that work at the grocery stores but it is affecting everybody right like from top to bottom 
like there is no, I mean, there may be people in worse positions, right? Obviously anybody in medical, um, more chances of getting sick, but it's affecting everybody, you know, from the kids that can't go to school, it's affecting them. It's affecting their parents that now are homeschooling. You know, it's a domino effect. It affects everybody. So yeah. that's uh, it's a new reality for everyone, not just you or I, right? Mm-hmm. So that uh, that yeah. you know, I still hadn't adjusted the last way of life, and now I have to adjust to this new way of life for a while. I know, right? And you, you guys just moved recently too, right? Yeah, we moved up to Canada. We 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 love we miss Vegas very much, but uh, we decided that we wanted to raise our kids outside of Vegas. Right, so we, I we get moved that. up here to to Canada, and uh, they're outside building a fort right now, which is super adorable. They're in the backyard. <laughs> uh, That's so awesome. We, Mom and Dad showed them how to build a fort indoors, and so now they're outdoors doing the same thing, which is something nice. that we could we just couldn't do down there. You know, we oh, feel like kids should eat dirt and they should be home when the streetlights come on and and we didn't want fences for them. And so now we're right, in a right. little town of about 600 called Stony Point, Ontario, right outside of Windsor. Oh, nice. And uh, it's one of those things where guys like you and I, we're, we're just, just lucky enough that we can kind of live wherever we need to because our, our clients are willing to fly us from wherever. For sure. We had that I mean, option. That, that's a blessing it. in and of itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, it's a little bit tougher that I have a lot more travel to get back home. When I lived in Vegas, as soon as I got on a plane, there was almost always a direct flight to Vegas. And then I was 15 minutes from the airport. Nowadays, I, I quite often have a couple connections and then I... I fly home from Detroit. It's a 45 minute drive to home with a border crossing. Right. Fly out of Windsor. It's still a 20 minute, 25 minute drive home. And I'm usually getting home at 11 PM. Whereas with a direct flight, I'd usually be home by five or six. Right. Yep. I get that. Yeah, I am. I am enjoying the number of direct flights in and out of Vegas. That's for sure. It's a lot better. I mean, LA has a lot, but to get to the airport in LA sometimes takes an hour, right? Yeah. So here it's 15 minutes and you're in through security waiting at your gate, you know, immediately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But touring as a parent makes that Vegas was easier for me touring as a parent, but now living in Canada, being a parent is, is much easier up here than it was in Vegas. I don't have to explain the billboards or, I don't have to explain what little darlings is to my <laughs> eight-year-olds up here. Right. Uh, oh, my God. Good for you. Yeah. <clears throat> Luckily for me, my, my kids are grown, so they, uh, they can have their own opinions. They're not, they're not going to ask me what that is. They're just going to go, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> is that for real? <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons that we left Las Vegas is because our babysitter used to tell us how the the guys from the strip clubs would come to the high school parties and kind of, you know, they were headhunters basically. They were, they were looking. Oh for my people. God. And uh, that was enough for me. I'm like, I, I don't want my daughter to have to go through that. Uh, and I'm sure yeah, that's, gonna, that's pretty ridiculous. Face many changes, but many challenges, but that's not one that I was, was prepared <clears throat> for. For sure. So uh, your kids are pretty young, right? Yeah, I've got eight-year-old twins. Nice. So you, luckily for you with being away, you've had the added benefit of technology, right? Being able to keep in touch, being able to see them on FaceTime or whatever. That has probably been a huge thing. I'm a huge fan of that. It's been great. The hardest part is actually talking to them on FaceTime because it's their phone or it's it's mom's phone, which usually mm-hmm. means either uh, one of their games or their some of their lessons. And it's it's to have to try and actually focus on me for even five minutes. Right. It's, it's really difficult for them to even sit still for that long. Right. Either that or you're dizzy 
from them running around oh my <laughs> with God. the camera or, hot, right? Or they've <laughs> dropped me and they're right. like, pick daddy up. Daddy's on the couch right now, please pick up daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't used to always be that way, right? I mean, I remember touring, uh, you know, early, early days of there's no cell phones. There's, you know, yeah. you got to get a calling card when you're in, you know, in Europe or whatever. And you call back and it's like a million dollars a second. And one you're of just the, one trying of the great, to use pay phones. Oh, I'm so glad we're past that. So glad yeah, we're past that. Yeah, for sure. One of the great tips I have, if anybody is really interested in how to parent from a, from afar, what I would do with FaceTime is I would turn the camera around and my kids would have to guide me around my hotel room like a robot turning on and off all the light switches. <laughs> That's great. So I would just be stand in my hotel room with, and you could just see my finger like a point of like a first person point of view video game and they would have to guide my finger around to hit all the light switches and they would know that they had finally won when all the lights were out and then we would <laughs> then we would turn it around to you guys now you have to turn them turn all the lights on well that's pretty great that was a great way to kill 45 minutes with my kids oh for sure they're they'll remember that for sure remember when we used to talk to you on the on the video phone <laughs> and was, have you turn off all the lights that's the best way that you can uh, keep them entertained and actually at least you get to hear their voice for 45 minutes and they're, they're laughing right. because they're, they're trying to tell you to go left and you turn left instead of go left. And that's all, it was right. a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, I would imagine that's one of the things that you can only do if you have a couple of days off in a room. Uh, it's definitely not something I would recommend anybody doing on the bus. Oh yeah, that's difficult for sure. So one of my kids is very into do- using FaceTime uh, still. Like that's our main way of communicating. So I might be sitting in front of house, or you know, walking to catering, or you know, who knows where I'm going to be at, at whenever they decide to call, right? And then my younger doesn't have a ringer on whatsoever. So the only time she'll be aware is if she looks at her phone, which I thought was kind of cool okay. <laughs> of her. Okay. Like she's shutting it down. She's no distractions. Right. But most of our communication is text. So it's very different just, and they're only like two, about two years apart, uh, two and a half. But uh, the communication styles have changed just in that little bit of time, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm thankful to have it when they were little, you know, um, it was just the beginning of cell phones. So very expensive, but, uh, you know, trying to talk to them when you're in, you know, wherever, where there's horrible cell service, you know, it gets a little lonely, you know, you want to have that connection with home. Uh, So true. So true. I would normally find myself trying to call whenever I can. And even as much as I thought that I was calling as often as possible, that still wasn't enough for some of the people who, when they're sitting at home with, yes. with less to do than what I think we do out on the road, it, right? They, they can't always understand why you don't call as often as they think you should. And that always yes. makes it hard to call to like really make an effort to, to call home only to be met with, how come you don't call all that often? Oh, right. Yeah. And of course it breaks your heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Cause daddy works 20, 20 hours a day sometimes, you know, and then daddy's yeah. sleeping and he wakes up and he's on a bus with 12 guys and, and then, uh, yeah. And then he's got to find some food and then get to bed again. It's, right. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks to technology, at least, we're not scrambling to go get a bunch of coins at a and long distance cards and all that. Like we used to No, for sure. Yeah. That, that ruined many a relationship, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the lack of lack of being able to communicate. 
Yeah, I would imagine your your brain just starts to explore all the alternative, all the alternates about what's your your spouse could be doing out there if you're not calling home often enough. Like, well, he hasn't called in two days. I maybe something's going on out there. You never know. That's a lot for a a, a spouse to. Oh, for sure. And you know, I uh, that's another thing I consider myself very fortunate was uh starting in country you know only being a rock or you know pop ld for for a long time living on the west coast to get a call to uh basically turn everything upside down scheduling wise to work uh with a country artist and that was the biggest positive change in my life really not only career but but life being able to be a present dad uh just because of the schedule you know the scheduling is a lot different in country um than it is in rock or pop you know to where i was able to come home if not every week uh every 10 days or so i was coming home it might only be for two days but that's two days more than i would have had before right in you know how it is in rock and pop man you're gone is that dirt general touring schedule is 10 days on uh you know with dirks it changes you know um over the years we've done different kinds of tours um but when it's the shed arena type thing we'll do three to four a week and then the other three to four are off so they're three and three or four in a row right sometimes two and they're all in a row and then you go home for the other days right so that has been super beneficial you know especially when when the kids were younger um to be able to be present like even if it was annoying for them (laughs) can't you go away for longer you got too many rules man (laughs) but being able for me i mean that's been a huge thing for me of, you know, when I was gone, I was feeling like, man, I'm not being the dad that I want to be. So when this opportunity came up, while super scary, you know, because it's very different from anything I had done up to that point, it turned out to be the biggest blessing ever. And to work with uh, with Dirks, like you said, uh, who is one of the good ones. I mean, incredible person. It's very family oriented and there's a genuine feeling between everyone is that uh, he cares about us as human beings. He cares about our families and that's something I had never experienced before. You know, so I feel very fortunate to be in that and uh, I know my kids have appreciated that and, uh, you know, he always remembers their names if they come around, you know, takes a minute to talk to them. You know, I mean, that that's a, a rare situation, I think. And that works and, for you uh, out of, even out of Vegas, because uh, what you're talking about, I've only heard about coming out of Nashville before. Yeah, you know, I don't know what stars aligned to make that happen. I mean, it happened because of a mutual friend. Um, Dirks' manager at the time um, was very good friends with a tour manager that does a lot of pop artists that I've toured with before was, uh, you know, they were looking for somebody outside of Nashville. And, uh, he said, this is your guy. He and Dirks will totally get along and, uh, you know, you should make this call. So that eventually happened. And, uh, we spoke on the phone quite a few times and, and we really did hit it off. And that, uh, that connection a mutual friend that has nothing to do with country music, at least at that time, uh, made that happen for me. And you, you know how that goes of people that have helped you along the way. I mean, there's so many people that, that help you. Right. But, uh, that connection was, uh, was life-changing in the family aspect and that I'll never forget, you know, yeah, when you when you make that your priority, you'll find that uh, you can change your life based on just switching over your schedule from being a from just being your job being your priority to your family being your priority. And sometimes it makes it you get the best of both worlds that way. 
Yeah. And, and thankfully that, that did work out for me, you know, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that because it allowed me to do what I do and make an honest attempt at being a good dad, you know, being present was something that I had a lot of guilt about, you know? Mm. So being able to be there more, um, you know, was huge. I mean, uh, early days of touring, man, I'd be gone for the whole year, except for three weeks, you know, that was, that was before the kids were born, but yeah, you know, and then when the kids were born, I, I tried to stop touring, tried to do other jobs, which, uh, you know, it just wasn't me. So to be able to have an opportunity, uh, to, to work with Dirks has been a, a blessing for sure. So it sounds like you got this this gig through word of mouth. It sounds like a, a partnership. Is that something that often works out for you? Do you get a lot of your gigs through word of mouth? You know, I do. Um, I'm not a big salesman. I actually, I'm not a great communicator. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I'm better left alone. I'm better like being in nerdland where I feel like comfortable, I guess, you know, whether it's programming or drawing or, you know, whatever, I feel most comfortable in that area. So I I wouldn't call myself a salesman in any way, but fortunately through my career, like I was saying, people is, has been the main thing. It's not like I don't talk to people or I don't, you know, or I'm standoffish. I'm not at all. It's just, that's not a strong point for me is the communication. But luckily throughout my career, I've had people help me in life-changing ways, you know, just because they knew me from whichever tour or they saw a show and they go, man, this guy would be good for this gig. And that's exactly what happened with Turks, you know, touring on a pop tour with this tour manager then led to that connection a couple years later to Dirks. Right. So it is a lot about who, you know, right. It um, sounds like you're, and, you're at least aware of the fact of your limitations. You're like, well, I'm not a good salesman, so I need to hire a salesman or I need to partner up with a salesman to. Oh, uh, for sure. And that's gap. what we did. That's what we did with Kaiva. So uh, my business partner, Jay Ballinger, um, he's an excellent communicator. So, and that I, I always tell him, dude, uh, that's not me cutting you down. Like, I'm not just saying you talk a lot. I'm saying you're, you're very good at it, man. And I, I envy that because that's a weakness for me, you know? Um, so to have a business partner that is very communicative and is very good, um, logistically as well, uh, has been, uh, has been wonderful. You know, and I think that we complement each other well in, in that regard. And I say it to him all the time, dude, you're so much better at this than I am, <laughs> you know. And uh, but I, I learned just from hearing him talk or, you know, just being around him, I learn better communication skills. And that's something that I need to work on just as a human. But, uh, you know, it's it's worked out well on that side so that so with kaiva we we design a handful of bands and you know um clients come and go and you know as they do but um we've never really had to shake trees to get business it kind of uh a lot of it has to do with jay's relationships with people and uh and my relationships with people which are different people right i mean so we know a lot of the same people of course but the relationships we have are with different people so that has has been helpful you know and um luckily it's worked out i mean some some years are busier than others and and that's okay because that's not our number one I would imagine you guys had a, a fair amount of growing pains going from two independent companies into into one. I'd imagine. As, um, as, well, go ahead. So the way it kind of started with Jay and I. So 
I had designed some other people or gone out and programmed other people because that, that has a lot to do with my background too. But, um, and uh, then Jay was, was getting clients as well. And we were kind of doing it together, but we didn't have a company. So we would do these things and they were smaller, but when money starts coming in, then you've got taxes, right? So if you're not set up as a company or a partnership and there's two people working, one person has always taken a bigger hit than the other. And that's not really fair. That's not a true partnership, right? So in setting up a a company to basically get the checks and be able to then split the money equally, and that includes income and taxes equally, was something that we needed to do because it had finally gotten to a point to where it was too much money to not be concerned about how much tax money is going to need to be paid. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, you know, something that neither one of us were really like clamoring to do because it's a lot of extra work, right? It is. So, but it, it was the smart, smart thing to do. And it, uh, you know, it's been beneficial for sure. But, uh, you know, I mean, as with anything, there's pluses and minuses with it, but I think that it was the right decision for us. As men, we all too often think that we can do everything. We can be designer, director, programmer, business manager, booking agent, travel agent. But For uh, sure. Eventually, we and, just have to realize that it's, it's just eating up our soul to do all those things, and we really need somebody to help out. And yeah, so there's team. two things with that, right? There's a couple things with that. One, just because I can do it doesn't mean I'm good at it. <laughs> right. Yes. So true. And as well as, as something my dad told me a long time ago, he's just like, you know what, if you're doing well enough to be able to afford to have somebody do some work, have them do the things that that's not what your business is about. So hire somebody to do your books. If you want to hire somebody to do, um, you know, ordering or whatever it is, whatever your company is, right? Have somebody do the things that that's not why you started the company. You didn't start the company to do a bunch of books and taxes because you're not a tax guy. I'm terrible at it. Oh my God, dude. I have to have somebody do it because it freaks me out. (laughs) Like, what if I do something wrong? My CPA (laughs) just looks at me and she furls her brow. She's like, you like a child when it comes to this and i'm like i know and that's why i'm here because you're not a child you're my cpa and you know how to do this and i have no clue and i have no interest so right and then when you leave you're like thanks mom or thanks dad (laughs) yeah like i sorry i don't even if i had the interest to learn this i wouldn't because i don't care i want to push buttons that make sparkly things happen really far away and i want to build relationships with other people that like doing that and i want to talk to people about pushing buttons that make things sparkle really far away and i don't have time to to deal with paperwork associated with pushing buttons that make things sparkle really far away for sure (laughs) i couldn't agree more yeah i uh I just drop off like just a pile of paperwork and I ask her like, what do you want me to do? And she tells me, well, you need this, this, and this. And I make a bunch of emails and I get that and that and that. And I give it to her and I'm like, now what do I owe or do I get some money? And she just tells me this year you owe some the year before that I got some and you're like, okay, good. So nobody's oh, going to come I and arrest it. me. Good. Right. I love it when they show you the comparison to you know last year and this year or whatever or what if see soon um my oldest is not going to be on my taxes anymore so that's going to change my reporting from head of household to single and that's going to impact me on taxes right because i'll have a different different rate at that point i won't get the head of household uh deduction so she kind of runs it through and, and says, this is what's going to happen next year. So 
to lower, you know, your overall expenses because there's multiple businesses that go through my taxes. So it's kind of a mess, which is why I have somebody do it. But it's kind of like after this amount of money, you need to start buying supplies, you know, whether it's a computer, more software, upgrade this, do that, you know, so I can keep myself in a realistic tax bracket to not have to end up paying even more money. So whatever, it's, it's a nightmare, but luckily there's somebody there that knows what they're doing and I trust her. I've been going to her for years. So, uh, I'm happy to pay the the money, you know, to have that peace of mind as it were. It's a common trap that we fall into thinking that let's say I want to be a baker. So if I love baking, well, clearly I should open up a bakery. And next thing you know, you're doing everything but baking. You're right, writing right. forms, you're paying people, you're collecting, you're finding uh, cash registers and counters and ovens. For sure. Doing everything but baking. And right. The fun that's part. That's why a lot, of, a lot of businesses fail because they didn't realize that that's happening. And there are people out there that don't like baking, but they do love doing all the business stuff involved in baking. And uh, for sure, when that partnership aligns and that comes together, that's that's magical, and you got to hold on to that as long as possible. And you know that that kind of goes into something about our business as well as like what you had mentioned before about trying to do everything right. So mm-hmm. designing, programming, uh, being the LD, you know, integrating video, it is a lot of hats to wear. And some projects, it makes sense to do that. But on other projects, it also makes sense to hire somebody that is very skilled in that one area to do that job. So uh, I talked to my crew chief, who's like my right-hand man, um, we talk about this regularly. Like I can't fix a light. I know that I am not equipped to do that. I can tell you what is wrong. I can tell you what's happening and maybe what parameter is sticking or, you know, whatever is happening with the light. Or I can say, Hey, we've got an overlap on DMX. I can tell just by what's happening. But if I had to take that light down, I mean, all I could do is put it in a box and put another one up. I mean, that that is the extent of me fixing a light. But on his end, that guy can fix anything. Like, incredibly talented at his end of the snake. And I think that that's why we work so well together is because I don't try to do his job and he doesn't try to do my job. And we have to count on each other to have success. And I, I think that's important. I fully agree. We're a, a, we're a world of specialization now. We're, we don't all have to be everything to everybody. We, we all need to be really, really good at one thing. And For sure. Hope that somebody re- recognizes that we're really good at that one thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it sounds like you're in a good place to kind of weather out the storm it sounds like you've got enough books to keep you <laughs> through the slump right so uh, luckily i joined uh kindle whatever the kindle thing is where you prime reading or whatever yep. where it's like a subscription to where That's you great. can you don't yeah you don't have to pay for books so i've got plenty of books to keep me occupied but then again, like I said, it depends on my mood, right? I might wake yeah. up and be like, I'm done reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, do books when I'm at home and then I do audio books when I'm out on the road so I can still sit on the airplane or in a car. And it, uh, Oh, wow. That would put me to sleep. Oh, I unless like unless it. I was driving. I, I like it driving. when I'm driving. Yep. I love audio books when I'm driving. It's, it's, it's the only time I really get to actually sit and let my mind wander in the book because, you know, when when you're out and about or on a walk, there's always somebody who wants to talk to you or something and there's something yep. going on. But when you're driving, you can actually just give it three, four hours to really listen. And you know what's really cool when you're driving? Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I love it, man. 
absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite these days is called 99% Invisible. It's uh, basically it goes into all the designs of everything in the world and how oh, wow. the, the really good designs are invisible. Uh, a door that you know to pull without a giant word pull, that's just good design. Right. And, uh, well, that's cool. I just took a note. I'm going to have to check that out. It's uh, 99% Invisible. It's by Roman Mars. It's a great, great podcast. It's just the minutia of things in our world that were designed that we don't even realize that somebody had to design that. And there was a failure and another failure and another failure and then a success. And that's the one that we hope goes, goes wide to the world. Right. One of the ones that's I awesome. recently listened to was on curb cuts, which I didn't even realize was something that the world didn't always have. Uh, so where the crosswalks, the, where the curb cuts down. Oh yeah. 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 I never even realized that that was a thing. Cause that was, I've never known any different. Right. Uh, yeah. The world <laughs> was a, a much less convenient place before curb cuts. And it wasn't for the handicapped and it wasn't for all the people that really find it useful. It was for women with strollers and buggies. They're the ones oh, wow. that they, they push for that. They're like, this is really inconvenient to lift my buggy up and down these curbs all the time. So, the well, you know, you know how it goes. You don't want an angry woman with a little baby. No, no, they'll. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't even say you don't want an angry woman. You don't want an angry parent. Angry parent. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Period. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm learning right now how much more respect I can have for stay at home spouses and, and teachers in general. My kids are, I love oh, for sure, tough, but boy, they're a handful right now. Right. Yeah. Going to have to dock the teachers, right? Uh, if the homeschooling if, teachers, <laughs> if my, Meaning you, if my CPA came to me and said, oh, by the way, the taxes went up for the teachers by a million percent, I'd be like, well, clearly they deserve it. So, yeah, right. just take, take my money and give it to the teachers. They need it more than I do right now. For sure. And they have to deal with these little assholes every day. Oh, man. They're mine. They're my, they're my little assholes. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. I don't, I don't mean that disrespectfully. <laughs> no, you're, you're not saying anything I haven't thought in the last at least <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. So thank you so much, Chris, for taking time. I, I, I definitely see why we tried to set this up many times, but I feel like we could continue this well into the night over some drinks at a bar in Vegas. If we could find the one that was open. <laughs> right. Right on, man. I appreciate you reaching out and, you know, it's always good to talk. Hopefully we will be able to sit down eventually and have a drink and, yeah talk about lights and all the nerd stuff that we love yeah if everything goes according to plan i'm supposed to be in vegas uh, most of may if everything nice. goes according to plan but i mean there really is no such thing as business as usual right now yeah it's, it's you're not going to know until right around that time probably no. um, unfortunately thank you for so much for your time chris yeah buddy have a good day you too